Hey Geekscape, it's welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode And sorry for the one week delay uh, I think you've noticed that uh, These Geekscapes are coming out you know, Every week, every other week uh, Mainly as I've been busy And um, have been finding Some amazing guests I don't want to just throw a bunch of Geekscape episodes down your throat With like, dude off the street But I think last week uh, Last episode with Jason Inman I got a lot of cool feedback from how much How in depth we got on comic books um, yeah, dude knows his comics And yes, we got very, very, very into comics If this is your first Geekscape, I'm Jonathan Lennon We're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, TV, pop culture But we do it through a prism with storytellers And sometimes they're musicians This episode is a musician, as it was two episodes ago with MC Chris I also got a lot of feedback on that MC Chris episode Thank you guys for all of that Yes, that one got intense um, And later this week, look for a mini-episode uh, I sat down with my good friend Dr. Morsky, Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky. She's uh, got a book on the art of quitting. For those of you who have super cluttered lives, or maybe you feel burdened, or maybe you really went out of control at the Steam Summer Sale and have a billion games that you bought and will never play, uh, discover the art of quitting. Like You can just say no to a lot of things and cut your losses or... Find a way to course correct in a different direction And do that and, and Dr. Lynn is pretty awesome with that She wrote a book just about quitting You may think of quitting in negative terms Nope, we're going to make it a positive But that episode will come up in a few days um, I'm in San Diego Hanging out with my good friend Chris Fafalios Of the band Punchline Who I think you heard a version of In the Geekscape theme song You absolutely did That was from the John Bellin era That's and, right <laughs> And Chris and I are sitting in the uh, tour van here uh, in San Diego You guys played San Diego last night You're playing Orange County tonight And I'm part, doing a part of like a little mini tour with you guys In Southern California Because you haven't played Southern California in, wait for it, 10 years Right Yeah, that was too long Too long <laughs> it's of a, a break a bit long But we won't do that again Do you think your fans will still be here? Or do you think your fans will be like like hungry now? Do you think, I think there's anticipation? or I, I've been getting, you know We get, get hit up by a lot of people on the social networks, and I think tonight in Anaheim is going to be great. We're playing at the Chain Reaction. Where we met. That's where we met? That is where we met. Wow. We met there in... We met there, I want to say, in January or February of 2004. Nice. Yeah. So, So tonight, Chris and Steve... Steve is the lead guitarist... Uh, guitar, he's, he's the both singer the, Yeah, both, he's definitely lead singer Well, because the, Yeah, he's the lead singer And the guitars kind of trade lead parts Yeah, I you don't play know if you bass. Call nobody shares. No, nobody shares the bass parts with you Right, right, I'm the only bassist You're the only yeah. bassist Every now and then somebody kicks a drum on accident And like there you can say that maybe Corey's not the drummer But only when somebody accidentally kicks a drum Okay, yeah, that works uh, But listen, the Punchline Boys have a new album out It's called Lion I think you guys should all go and listen to it If you, you Listen, just put it on Spotify If you don't want to go out and buy it I think you should buy it I think you should buy it I think you should buy a digital version of it A physical version of it And some version of a tattoo Based on your favorite song off the album But Right If you want to just Spotify for now You can yes. do that Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere In Tidal uh, Google, whatever <laughs> It's on everything So it's called Lion If you guys go check it out And Chris be awesome. has been in the band since the beginning And uh, they've been going on a long time um, So let's talk 
because it's it. been a while since you've geekscaped with me or talked pop culture with me. We've been catching a lot of Pokemon out here. Yes. You're somebody who's been playing every day on Pokemon Go since the beginning of it. Since the week it came out, I saw a friend of mine playing, and I was like, this looks like the stupidest thing ever. I'm not going to play this. Because then I realized you had to like actually go outside. I was like, I'm not going to play this. But then I downloaded it. I'm like, okay, let's give this a chance, my wife and I. And uh, we went out to this small town called Charleroi, which is near the town where I grew up in Pennsylvania. And it was the week, maybe the second week it was out, okay? And it was like a, a weeknight. It was 11 p.m. And we went out to these pokey stops. And there were people everywhere playing. I've never seen anything like it in my life. People of all ages, of all ethnicities, of all... Like, I was like, what is this? And the Nintendo stock doubled that week. Yeah. And, like, it was just... it. From then on, I don't know, other than maybe some extreme cases, I haven't really missed a day. I get those seven-day streaks nonstop. Like, I'm take it seriously by the end of this tour i will be a level 40 and then uh, you gotta wait for the up the level cap i don't even know if they'll do that you don't think the level cap beyond 40 I, I don't think because they keep it so true to the original like to the card games and to the original video games i don't think that you can do that because then you're messing with the stats right, right? You're messing i mean with from what i understand but at the same time when because we've talked about this in gatescape is we're going to talk video games movies video uh, we're going to talk all sorts of stuff but I feel like, yes, they, they change things incrementally in the Pokemon universe, but uh, we have this new Let's Go games coming out on the Switch, which you and I are big Switch fans. When the Let's Go games come out, it seems like they're uh, bringing in a bit of the Pokemon Go stuff, right? right? But they're also, I think, incrementally changing a bit of the basic Pokemon like oh. aesthetic. Because... They did say Nintendo did say that they're going to have a core Pokemon game for the Switch later in the year. This is Pokemon Let's Go, isn't it? Po- Pokemon Let's Go seems like a amalgamation of the traditional Pokemon game and st- some of the social uh, things that you learn from Pokemon Go. Well, the, the the things I know about Pokemon Let's Go so far is that you can import Pokemon that you've the 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 the, uh, the Gen ones. Yes, that you've caught. You can import them into the game, and I, I was a little bit disheartened to hear that when you import them into the Switch game, they come off yeah. of your of your actual Pokemon. So, like my best Pokemon, I'm not going to put them into the game. No, no. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be putting like the random, you know, Magic Carps and stuff. But like luckily, that. Yeah. luckily, I have so many Pokemon. <laughs> I keep so I keep like ten of every Pokemon. So. Why? For trading and because like. I don't know. I'm a little bit of a Pokemon hoarder. <laughs> like, I have 1,050 spots, and I'm, I am always, like, maxed out and have to go through and, like, decide who I want to delete. I go through, and I, I, appraise, I appraise them. I was showing you how I appraise <laughs> today. And uh, I take it seriously. And it's funny because there was uh, a girl who came to a show in Brooklyn on the first leg of this tour on who thought that I was, like, an OG Pokemon person. And, but then I just talked about Pokemon Go, and she's like, oh my god, You've never you're a casual. Me. And I was like, I play Pokemon every day. And she says, you're a casual. You didn't play Pokemon Sun or Pokemon... No, and I didn't. Well, Pokemon Sun is so recent, like, she can shut but, it up. I mean, but, I mean, I was using that as an example because I, I, I didn't play, like, the right. original Right, red games. and blue and green and yeah, yellow. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't play the card game. Right. But I love Pokemon Go. And if that makes me a casual, I play every day and I love it, then so be it. Yeah, there's never been a more intense casual 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm a very intense casual. <laughs> there are a couple of people who I know who are at that level cap, and uh, I think they believe it's going to up. Really? But you know what? Let me know when you get there. Okay. I'll see it when you get there. You might do it today. I'm going to do it by the end of this tour. I'm going to get there because I'm going to. By the end of today, when I open some more gifts tonight, I put on a lucky egg. I'm going to be level 39. <laughs> So uh, I need 5 million XP after that But I told you today About how you can hack, now, Yeah, It's not a hack It's no, just not, it's just a smart way to do it It's a smart way for any, If any of you guys play Pokemon Go obvi- You know you can trade gifts now When you get to the third level Which is Ultra Friends Click on the little The little circles at the top And it tells you how many days Until you're Until you're the next level of friends And by how many days It's how many days in which you trade Right So what you do When it gets down Save your gifts when you're getting close And when it gets down to one Don't open the gift Wait till you have a bunch of gifts That where it says one day left Put on a lucky egg Because when you become ultra friends It's 50,000 XP But if you put on a lucky egg It's 100,000 XP So then I had a day where I got a million XP Just by opening 10 gifts that I had saved And then when you become best friends When you hit the fourth level Which I'm not best friends with anyone yet Because it takes like 60 days Once you hit ultra Before you get the best But that's 200,000 A.K.A. 400,000 if you put a lucky egg on So I have my friend Johnny back at home uh, in like eight more days, we're going to be best friends. Which that's four hundred thousand XP right there. If you put a lucky egg on before you open that final gift, and if it's a good friend of yours, you should hit them up or text them and say, "Hey, I'm going to open this final gift now." Uh, yeah. So you should put you, a lucky egg on yeah. too. You know, but if it's some random, who cares? Fuck them. <laughs> okay, so you you weren't into this at all before Pokemon Go. I, I, I no, not really. Not really. Uh, I thought you had been because we're Nintendo. You're uh, like a Nintendo fanatic. I I do love everything Nintendo. Maybe peripherally, I I think I actually did have one of the Pokemon games. And I didn't really get too into it. One of the old like Game Boy Advance ones. Right. Um. But yeah, I'm. I'm uh, but I I do love Nintendo. I'm surprised it took me this. It took Pokemon Go to. Have you gotten into some of the other like? Have you gotten into? Um. Maybe like like Fire Emblem or maybe like no, like whenever you think Nintendo, you think of like Mario, Zelda, and I, I probably Metroid. Oh. Do you think of the, like in in Pokemon? I think is now up there for sure with those four. Now it's four. Oh yeah, because it used to be those like the those were like the three core, and now it's those four. Do you the, then I, then you get the second tier stuff of like you got to be a little deeper with like Fire Emblem and some of that. Would would you start going to that or like? Maybe Pikmin Or you start being like Who are some of the other Smash Brothers characters And I'm going to explore Those well, games I loved Earthbound Yeah I think that's one of the greatest Ever um, Right I and, remember when you Downloaded that And yeah I remember yeah, when you amazing. were like I don't know anything about this And you downloaded it And you loved it Yeah So well, I just brought that up Because you said Smash Brothers characters Sure sure But and like I think I think Smash Brothers Is a Is like a Um like a, a gateway drug for a lot of those extra games. Dude, Smash Brothers, I want to like it so bad. I'm with you on this. And it's just a button smasher. I'm with you on that. And my cousin, who's a Nintendo free, he's a lot younger than me, but he he's just like, no, it's not. There are moves you can do. There, are, I'm like, I'm just hitting buttons and things are happening, and I, it's entertaining <laughs> for only so long. I agree with him, but I think I'm wired the way you are wired. Yeah. Where I'm like. Yes, I understand that there are combos and that there is a skill level to this. I don't think I can bring myself to a level, to a point where I can give a shit enough to not do anything but smash buttons. Right, um, but I do. I, I would love to talk to you about a few Switch games that I love. Let's go. One is Stardew Valley. 
Yeah, that's one that I will not download because Derek Cranevelt on our Geekscape Games podcast and our our site manager, um, he is addicted. To the, he got addicted to that, and then he found out that it was taking his wife's life apart as well. Yeah, my my wife and I play together. Like you play a day, and then you <laughs> uh, trade the controller to them, and, no. and then you sit there, and you know. While the other person's playing, you might, like, mess around on your phone, maybe watch them, because you don't, you know, you're watching someone, like, water their garden, or watching <laughs> someone, like, walk in a mine. It's not, but when you're playing it, yeah, it's it's insanely addictive. Why is it so addictive? Because I remember one of those life sim, sim kind of games that I was addicted to was, um, what was the original Harvest Moon? Well, that's, that's like what Harvest, it's based on. Like, Harvest Moon was the N64 game that I remember playing Harvest Moon and being into that. How is this different than Harvest Moon and Look, why is it a different drug? I never played Harvest Moon, but uh, we had a, a friend, uh, our friend Emily loved Harvest Moon and, and she saw what Stardew Valley was. She's like, oh my god. I think what it's also... Like a bigger version of... Yeah, I think yeah. it's bigger and it's it's 2018 version of something that came out a long time ago. So it's, it's the I don't think the the graphics are basically like Super I love, Nintendo. Yeah, graphics. I love the nostalgia and, graphics. And but I think the story is a lot bigger, and and what you can do is a you lot. You can fight bigger. and stuff like that. Yeah, you go into mine. That's a small part of it. Okay. Uh, fight fighting is part of it, but m- gardening's the main part. Gardening and then selling your selling your wares to buy things and uh, and 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 increasing friendship with all the people in the village. And then there's a supernatural element to yeah. it. And there's it's just. It's awesome. I kind of hit a point where my... It's funny. Like, I hit a point with that game. And I think this is why I've kind of stopped playing. And my wife, too. Hit a point where my farm was enormous. Farm? Yeah, Yeah. my farm was enormous. And it was all pigs. And pigs lay truffles or whatever. They sniff truffles. And truffles are worth a lot of money. So my farm was just covered in, like, hundreds of truffles every day. And I just spent the game... Picking up truffles all day <laughs> until the sun went down and selling them, and that's all it became to me. I, I got millions and millions of dollars, and like I'm like, uh, I guess I'm. You broke the game. I guess I'm done because I just, you know, it just got to that point because I don't think it will ever end. You there's know, nothing I, else that you really that was of value to do in the yeah, game yeah. that would have brought you that much value. But it, it kind of sucks that there's not an ending. Like I kind of right. want a proper ending. You know, that's it's like that. Unless there is, and I don't I know think about you it. Found it. The whole entire planet's covered in truffles. Yeah, <laughs> the pigs take over. Basically, do you hear? I mean, when that uh, when that nuclear reactor exploded in Japan, uh-huh. um, the, it was near farms and. A lot of those people had to evacuate, and some of them, a lot of them, left their farms right. with the animals. They they didn't they didn't take them. They they had to abandon the animals. And you started getting reports a couple years later about the nuclear fallout in the surrounding area, and how the pigs would go in to the nuclear place that had been you know cordoned off from people. People couldn't enter the nuclear sites, but animals could totally do it. And they're in there eating stuff, and now they have, they have like radioactive pigs in Japan. Oh, uh, jeez! So I don't think uh, if there's kaiju, I don't think it's going to look like Godzilla. I think it's going to look like one of these pigs. Right. It's going right. to be a giant pig monster. Um, okay, so 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 that's the Switch game that you love. What uh, else? Well, we're getting I, video I should, games first here. I Geek should have Davis. started with this, like I said last night. I told you, Breath of the Wild is not only my favorite video game ever made. 
it's my favorite piece of entertainment ever made. But you're a music fan. Like you're a musician. Like what kind of music? <sighs> okay, do you maybe I'm to? maybe I'm not including music in. Is that. music your first love? Like yes. music is like yes. your music's thing. my number one. But music's your number one. I, I'm talking when I say favorite. I'm saying I'm counting all movies and I'm counting all um, TV shows. And okay. you know they. In, in video games, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Comic books. Right. Breath of the Wild is my favorite of anything. Like, I, that experience of, you know, those few months, my wife and I played it and beat it. In, not just, you know, because I had beat it. The first time I beat that game, I just played it by myself. And I didn't even beat all four of the Divine Beasts. I, I, there's a whole yeah. section of the game I never even saw. Oh, my God. I accidentally got to Ganon, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll beat him. And then it was over, and I was like, damn it. I didn't even go to the Goron. The first time I played wow. it. So I never even saw that part of the game the first time I played it. But then my wife and I played it as completionists. And every side quest, every DLC thing, every the only thing, like I told you, we didn't do all the Korok seeds. Yeah. We had about half of them. Well, you know what? Until Nintendo gives us trophies on their systems, mm-hmm. the Korok seeds seem like something that most people aren't going to do. Because unless you have like a platinum trophy or something to show you that you're really 100% of the game, it's like, come on. That's a lot to ask. I've been playing Spider-Man. Uh-huh. On the PS4 and uh, Geekscape is it is incredible, and they've been talking about it a little bit on Geekscape Games because uh, Derek's playing it. So if you're a video game fan and you want to get deeper into video games, for sure go download that podcast. But um, the Spider-Man game is it, it the Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City like comparison is true. It does feel like those games, but it is the world is so much bigger. The swinging is fluid. You can do tricks as you swing. You can, in the spirit of Spider-Man, is huge. Uh, our friend uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who's been on the show, vo- uh, and his wife Tara Plot too. Uh, Yuri voices Spider-Man. Uh, Tara is, de- funny enough, Detective Yuri in the game, um, and the game is amazing. I think the writing is phenomenal. It's an incredible Spider-Man story. Uh, the acting in it is awesome. The the job that they did with the motion capture and the performances, everything just feels like you're watching the best Spider-Man movie. And yeah. the missions are all fun. Uh, the side missions are a lot of fun, which is frustrating when the story is like being like, "Oh no, someone's breaking into the bank," and you're like, "Wait, but I have to help. I have to go get a backpack off the side of a building <laughs> that Peter Parker left five years ago." Because right. that's one of the side quests is you go and collect Peter's backpacks that he's left around the town. And it's just fun. It's just fun swinging around and being like, oh, there's Avengers Tower in the background. And there's all these different Marvel landscapes and New York landscapes. So, yeah, so that might be game of the year. Really? So the thing I was going to ask you, uh, as someone with a lot of knowledge about this, is I loved Breath of the Wild so much. What is the next logical step of a game for me to play after I that? think, it, I, well, here's the thing, because I did go into Skyrim after that. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about how... Zelda was it was like Zelda Skyrim there's cooking and there's an open world and all this stuff but Skyrim is very much its own thing and then like there's the Witcher series but those are really live act- like those are really action RPG games where you're leveling up you're doing all that stuff in Zelda you don't level up you acquire better things you know, to 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 go get fight or yeah, but go you get level the elements. Up. You get heart containers. You get you, you know you, your health levels up and your stamina levels up. Right. Um, but it's not through combat. It's through attaining pieces of the story. Right. Okay. And so it's not like you can grind in Zelda. Yeah. Like in these games, you can grind and go up through levels, like in an right. RPG. Um, I don't think there's a lot similar to this. Um, supposedly, 
on the PS4, uh, and maybe it's the Xbox or a couple. There was um, oh god, GameStop were really into video games were screaming at me, but like Zero Dawn supposedly was like similar, but. Um, I think it's on Nintendo to make something that is similar to it. I really hope they, they keep the engine oh. and they give us a Majora's Mask. What Majora's Mask was to um, to Ocarina of Time, I hope that they have some new game that uses the same engine and world as this and, one. And how long is it going to take? Somebody was telling me it's going to take seven years or something before there's another... Would be another console before there's another another, like... And I'm not talking about, you know, how they did with the last thing they did. Uh, what, was, what was the uh, one that they re-released on the Wii? Skyward Sword? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, on Skyward Sword they had... Or no, 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 no not that one. Um, uh, the, the, the remake they just did on Wii U. Oh, you're talking about uh, Twilight Princess? Is that what it was? Well, Twilight Princess was the Wii game that they up to Wii U. Okay. And that was Twilight Princess that they did an HD version of. All right, yeah. Well, anyway... My point is, when is the next proper full Zelda? How long is it going to take? Is it going to be Switch? Is it going to be the next Nintendo? Because console? this was a Wii U game. Well, oh yeah, they did make this for Wii U too. Right? It was a Wii U game that they then released on the Switch. So yeah. this game that is your best favorite piece of entertainment ever outside of music is a Wii U game that wow. they put on the Switch. I never even thought about that. But yeah, it was a Wii U game, and um, would it have saved the Wii U? It probably would not have saved the Wii U. The Wii U was like mismarketed and probably had it should have had a different name. Yes, well, just adding a U to it. Yeah, the average I person. Think you created you created competition with yourself. Yeah, but um, I this is the best game I ever played. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's yeah. a, I don't know if it's my favorite piece of entertainment, but God, I'm in love with it. Um, I'm only mentioning this the, the Spider-Man game because people, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you've heard my love of. Uh, of this game um, People are talking about a Skyward Sword remake For the Switch Skyward Sword is my least favorite Zelda game hmm. The one that was dedicated to the Wii And it had the motion controls I liked uh, the motion yeah. controls in the Wii What I didn't like was the level design And like the map design Where you're basically just following a sword around You're the first person who ever showed me a Wii I am? Yeah, we, we were at your place when we had just come out and I played Wii Sports with you, and you know what I thought? I thought this is stupid. And then you I became a fucking pro in all those I, sports. I, yeah, I loved it. Then I, I, for some reason, I, you know what, you know what sold me on it? It wasn't you that sold me on it in Wii Sports. It was playing WarioWare Smooth Moves in a band we were touring with Van, and I was just like, oh my god, what I found is a this? use for this stupid device. Uh, that that game blew my mind, and that like brought me. That game may have been what brought me back to Nintendo. After not after honestly not really caring about yeah. video games that much for a bunch of years. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I played a lot of sports games, Madden and NHL and NBA Jam and things like that. But then it was, and of course, I liked Sonic and Mario games and, and Zelda so, games. Yeah, and, so, Sonic's my guy. Yeah. But uh, it was. I think it was it was smooth moves that brought me back <laughs> and like made me want to play That's games. So again. random. Yeah, it's a crazy. Game. Um, there's a new Wario game out for the Switch. I don't know yeah. if you're into it. So, so let's keep going on your list, and I want to talk to you about music and, uh, and movies and stuff like that. But like, um, let's keep going down the list. Uh, you said you you mentioned like Stardew Valley. Now you're talking about okay. This. Um, I started playing this game that just I think it just came out. Uh, like I like some of these little indie games. Sure. Yeah. Um, this game called um, West of Loathing. What is it? It is an ARP. It's a it's a a funny RPG where you're like little stick characters in like uh-huh. the Wild West, and okay. you pick like 
like I picked, I'm a snake oiler, and that just means I have this snake I carry around and I can whip it at people, and it's very... And it shoots, like, venom at people? Yeah, but it's very turn-based RPG, you know, and it's very, like, basic. It's very text-based. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. Uh, you should check it out. Like, it's okay. it's a pretty funny little game. Um, uh, we, My wife and I played Life is Strange. That is a Gatescape Games favorite. Yeah. It's great. I mean, that, that original is a huge favorite. We didn't like the prequel there. that much, the Before the Storm sure. one that came after, just because it lost all the supernatural stuff. Right. Like, it, but like the being able to reverse time and like the story got so crazy. Did you be? Did you play the? Entire I never played it because I uh, knew it would be chunks of my life gone. But it's not that Derek bad. and everybody swear by it. And I played through like the Walking Dead Telltale stuff. And yeah, and I, I love those and Telltale. I, and, games. And, and I'm an I'm a I'm an old old OG. I'm not a casual when it comes to adventure games. Uh-huh. This is Mr. Monkey Allen you're talking to. Like, I love adventure games. Um, but I knew Life is Strange. We, really, when it, came out, when it came out, it came out within the last two years, I was just going through major life transition. I'm a woman now. No, I was going through the divorce and everything. Right. And I was like, uh, I was really not concentrating on video games. Unless you were called Breath of the Wild. Right. But Life is Strange, what... Was crazy about that to me is we started playing it and I, we're almost we're almost kind of like scoffing at it at first. We're like, oh, just like how I did the same thing with like when we watched Gilmore Girls. I'm like, right. I'm like, oh, this is stupid, but it's got the uh, soap element. But to it. I'm gonna watch it. So we started playing that game, kind of like jokingly in a way. Like when we started playing, we're like walking around the school talking to people. This is stupid. But then by the end of that game, we were just our minds were blown at yeah. where it went. Like yeah. I'm not I don't, no spoilers here, but just know that if you start playing that game and you're like, why am I I'm a I'm a high school girl like just walking around the halls of the school? Why would I play this? Just know if you stick with it through all the episodes, you'll be like, oh my god, this is insane. I've heard enough praise from people that I trust that I know I would love that game. The sequel's coming out. Yeah, right. And, I think that'll be good. Uh, and Derek went to E3 uh, with a group of Geekscapists, and uh, I think he sat through a panel. There's a, if you guys listen to Geekscape Games, there's a couple episodes where they're talking about that. and They definitely talk about the Life is Strange sequel and all the stuff that they experienced that they were doing promoting down there, uh, up there in Seattle. So, dude, uh, it's definitely on my list of things to check out when I start playing it. You are playing it on the Switch? Yeah. Our, uh, no, we actually played yeah. that uh, on... I think we played it on our PS4. Yeah, because that one is... I don't know if it's on the Switch. Yeah, I don't know either. But we, we have a PS4, an Xbox 360, and a Nintendo Switch. Okay. So The uh, Xbox is the next thing to get upgraded. I know, but I don't need to do that. I know. PS4, I know. I mean, it's like nobody's... We on. bought a PS4 to play... Um, what's it called? The zombie game. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Last of Us. Yeah, which is great. And I would... I bought the PS4 to play Spider-Man. And I will go back and I will pick up God of War. And of course... You know when Red Dead Redemption comes out. The only challenge to Spider-Man's game of the year, Red Dead Redemption, when that thing comes out, we're going to ride. Yeah. Uh, I got another indie game. Too. Okay, go for it. Uh, Night in the Woods. What is it? Is it like a Don't Starve type thing where like you're left out there in the middle of Stranded and you have to start putting no, things no. together pretty fast? Um, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. Sure. And this game was made by, I believe, people from the Indiana, PA area. Um and it really caught on. It's it's uh, you're these little animals, and but uh, wait, you're like a, a ferret or like a little you're, rabbit. Yeah, or it's just you live in a town where all the animals are very like people like anthropomorphic, animals. like Anthrop- animal, yeah, right, like exactly. animal crossing. That's the word I was looking for. Sure. And you're a little cat. 
Okay. And, um, <laughs> so you're, immediately you you're, love it. You're an angsty teenage female cat. You're very, very like. The fact that they're animals, it's weird that they're even animals. And it's just like, it's another thing like Life is Strange. You're like a teen, you're like a, a an angsty teenager. Right. But what I thought was so cool about it is that it was made by someone from the general area by me. I think they kick-started it um, and, rate, you know, made like hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it. And then the the music's awesome. The seat, the, the town... It looks like Johnstown, Pennsylvania to me. Like this, this place you're, you're playing in this world that like looks like a place I know that's near me. The, the music's awesome. Uh, it's very, very text driven. It's very, it's very like you're reading lots mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, by the end, it got like way overboard with that. But it was, it was still like really cool and a neat game. I thought it, Night in the Woods. Did you finish it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was good. But it was heavy text. Yes. What books do you like? No, yeah. <laughs> what books do you like? We'll write it. Um, so, let's talk music because you're okay. uh, this album. How's it doing? Good, man. We we uh, released it in April, and we've done a lot of touring on it, and we've got a lot of good feedback from you know from people that already liked us. Um, we've gotten really good feedback as like you know our last album was a very pop oriented album. This Thrilled? is kind of. A, Yes, and this is kind of a return to rock for us. Was thr- did Thrill do good? Uh, we, do, did it do good? Did it do good? Did it do well? Uh, we didn't do very much touring on it. Right. <laughs> uh, so that, realistically, if you're an independent band now, if you're not out there hitting up, you know, doing tours and hitting up places, there's a lot of music in the world. And I think that any, um, you know, as far as doing good, yeah, I mean, the people that liked us, I, I think they liked it, and but I, I don't think we did a lot on our end, minus a, minus a couple uh, music videos that I was really happy with, but uh, yeah. we weren't hitting it as hard as we are with this album. Before Thrilled, what was that album? Uh, that before was... Thrilled was, um, uh, wait, let me think about the order. <laughs> I know, you before guys have been around uh, a while, well, we over 20 the, years now. The So Nice to Meet You EP, So Nice to Meet You. Which was very successful for us. That was huge. And uh, I think Universe is one of the best songs you guys have. That's like an automatic hit pop. That's a that's a hit song. Thanks, man. We uh says the one person. Now if I can only get a million people to agree with me, you guys actually <laughs> yeah, have a that'd hit be cool. song. Yeah. That seems to be our most you know, judging on like stats on the like Spotify and Apple Music, that seems to be our our most popular song. Um, and that song was used in a lot of like commercials and backgrounds awesome. of TV shows and stuff like that so that was cool uh, but yeah that, that was that and, and that was 2012 that that came out and then Thrilled yeah Thrilled um, it was weird like it is a little bit of like a pop there's a lot of electrics like you guys did a lot of like ed, like engineering on the album yeah, with like it a was lot very of, produced a lot of slick, produced slick produced pop but um, still some of my favorite songs are on there like 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 tell me how you sleep tonight right. tell me that it's like I love that song and I love that video Thanks, man. and um and not to say that you weren't warned if you're like a, a punchline fan like a, a song like Cowdies and B major off of one of the earlier albums delightfully pleased right like that seemed like a that seems like a sister song to 
tell me how you sleep tonight just based on lyrics just based on like right. the weird imagery that you guys are putting out there right right those yeah. seem like They're sister songs trippy. they both are trippy I never thought about that they are trippy I songs I related to those though. songs almost like immediately I was like okay this is you guys taking us on a mindscape right yeah that's a good call I never really thought about that but uh yeah and you know with 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 all of our albums there there might be differences in in the approach or the production or whatever but it's always us it's always like punchline songwriting maybe it's presented in a different way uh-huh. but it's uh, you know i'm always i don't ever like maybe a song here and there i'll be like ah that could have been presented to people in a different way or we could have uh, the structure of that isn't how i want it but i'm always like happy with you know no regrets when it comes to uh, our past album. Do, do you still have a lot of fans from like the action days who ask for songs from action to be played live and some of that? Yes, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. There's people like there was there was in uh, actions and uh, Geekscape is al- actions and album that came out in like oh four two oh four. Yeah. So that's how I met you guys on the action tour. Right. Um, yeah, that that's what's so awesome about you know even like last night we played in San Diego and there were several people there who have been listening to Punchline for fifteen plus years. <laughs> you know, people that come up to me like, "Oh my God, I've been listening to you guys!" Like people in their thirties who have been listening to us since they were fifteen. I'm almost and, not in my thirties yeah. anymore, and I've been listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing that that there are people out there that have stuck with us yeah. for so long through every change that we've had through every like you know they they just that i i don't never take that for granted right you know that's uh i feel lucky that people have stuck with us and but we're still out there on this tour like with the spill canvas winning over you know trying to win over new people and it it seems to be going pretty i thought that was a cool thing that you guys did last night was that beginning it was it was clearly there were a handful of people there for you it was clearly a spill canvas crowd right right yeah and they're a little more seen they're a little more there, like they're hanging out at the bar, waiting for the band they came to see, the headliners, come on. And slowly but surely, they started like turning away from their drinks and watching you guys. And watching that happen was really cool. Because I worry, I want, like, you know, you always worry that like the music that you're into goes out of fashion. Right. And, the, and, and it happens. Like the bands you love, they break up and move on to other things. Like they just stop doing it. Um, but. The fact that you guys are still doing it is huge for me. Like it, Thanks, it's man. such a soundtrack. Not only are you the theme song of our podcast, but like you're a soundtrack to a lot of what I, you know, I, I go through. Um, so you guys I, are one of my favorite bands for sure. I like to think if you that, do a collaboration with Mr. T Experience, everything will be perfect. Yeah, I love Mr. T Experience. Um, I think that we, um, it's not even intentional, but we we evolve. Too. And that doesn't mean that we're evolving, trying to sound like whatever's popular at the moment. But we're influenced by the things that we love. And I think more than ever, like we have this song, Darkest Dark, on our new album. Um, that's, that's a pretty good example for me of a song where when we, the, the way it's produced, the way, the way we wrote that song, we were trying to write a song that doesn't sound dated. We're trying to write mm-hmm. songs that we feel like 20 or 30 years from now, it's just... A good Still, song. A good song yeah. that that doesn't isn't pigeonholed into like the sound of the moment. You know what I mean? So what's the process of putting a song like that together? Like who That one in particular, what? Steve Steve had um, had a verse and a chorus. We worked on the Musically but not not he does the words first or does he 
Uh, I, think that, I think that we both tend to do melody first most of the time. But every song is its own thing. If you have some lyrics you really like, you can always work around that. I feel like I personally can tell when someone wrote the lyrics first because a lot of times I don't feel like the melodies are strong because I feel like there are bands that try to... They really want to say these lyrics and they will do whatever it takes. They will jam them in there however they can. Whereas if you come up with the melody first, something that is catchy and, and, and feels good, and then you massage the lyrics what you want to say into that and i think that's how that worked with darkest dark steve but anyway steve had the original idea that for some of that we worked on some lyrics and some melodies together but you know that was uh steve came to brought that idea i think he sent it to me via text message or something uh at first and um yeah i was i i liked that song a lot because and in this album in general for anyone that's listening you know we tried not to write because we've had so many in the in the past we tried not to write heartbreak songs because it's so overdone and cliche and not that i don't love that but and not that you can't listen to some of these songs on this album and interpret them that way like darkest dark you could interpret it as a love song but it, it could also just be like a song that um is a thank you to a friend who's helped you through a dark sure. time. Or it could be interpreted as a love song, but to leave that interpretation out there and not have to be so explicit, to, to, to leave some room for interpretation mm-hmm. uh, with the songs was important to us. And we were pretty proud of the fact that it wasn't like, uh, you know, an album full of, uh, you know, My Heart is Broken songs, you know, yeah. because we have plenty of those. Not saying, Not saying that, we won't write more of those and not saying I don't like those because I feel like look at what's let's turn on the radio and it's all love songs it all it really is yeah it's all love songs some of them aren't even arguably songs (laughs) but there's a theme there right and 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 I I think love and I'm not saying we don't have love songs but not that everyday normal type of love there are a lot of different types of love there's the you know family love and there's friend love and there's you know and you guys have the pet thing going on right now yeah yeah tell tell us about that um punchlinepets at gmail.com yeah tell me about that at every show we ask the crowd to send us pictures of their pet uh because we're going to put together a we have a song called a friend indeed on our new album we want to make a montage of pictures of people's pets because we are animal lovers everybody in this band has pets multiple pets and uh you know, I think that's a great kind of love. You know, I know you can relate to that. And, yeah, uh, if Geekscape would send you pictures, would you guys take it? Absolutely. That'd so be amazing. Punchlinepets at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. Send them your pictures of your pets. And hi, res guys. Come on, we're yeah, Geekscapists. Yeah. Like, don't be sending them any of this, right. like, low-res stuff. Like, yeah. we need, like, at least a 1,000 DPI, yeah, please. No, no, no pictures from your T-Mobile sidekick. We need <laughs> iPhone 8 or better. Remember when you guys all had the sidekick? Dude, when the sidekick came out, first time I saw a sidekick was... was, You guys all had one, and you were nuts about them. It blew my mind. You could be on Instant Messenger on your phone. That was insane. Yeah. uh, And you're all flipping your sidekicks. Yeah. I I, uh, really took care of mine, for sure. You still have it? Yes, I do still have it. I mean, I have all my... I had a couple of them, but I still have them all. Yeah. So when you're out on tour, like how do you entertain yourself? Like like today we're sitting in San Diego, we're going to go to Orange County. Like what do you do? You, get, you don't get a chance to see a movie, do you? 
No, but we do have a chance, every chance we get, to play hacky sack. Uh, Paul is here at the van. He, I think he's asking you for the keys. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we had a pretty... Oh, no, for the room. For the room. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> so we had a pretty uh, epic hack circle here at like, uh, 1.30 in the morning last night. Yep. Outside of Denny's, that is a normal thing. So you get to hacky sack. This hacky sack thing is insane to me. Yeah, last night a professional hacky sacker came to our show because Steve had posted in a subreddit about hacky sack, about how our band plays hacky sack every day. We have our own punchline hacky sacks. We're trying to really like spread the word. And that's and like your niche is like the hacky sack community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we love it. I mean, <laughs> oh, no. it, it's such I'm worried a, about you, man. It's such a fun activity. It promotes teamwork. You know yeah, what I mean? Like communication. All, yeah, communication. Yeah. And another great thing about it is on long late night drives where you're starting to like fade, you know, you get out and you do this physical activity that's fun and, and it gets your heart pumping and stuff. I, 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 I honestly, like, I feel like at the very first it was kind of like a funny thing to do, but not anymore. I'm dead serious. It's like, when was Hacky Sack big? That was like the 90s, right? I guess, yeah. I played Hacky Sack in, in high school and things like that. We all, you know, we all did, but. Just over the past few years, like we play, especially on tour, we play. Every, we wake up in the morning, we play hacky sack. Stop for lunch after we finish, we play hacky sack. At night, it's like a a, a ritual. Post tour ritual, yeah. It's a ritual to like get to the hotel room, go outside, and, and hacky sack. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing. And last night, the other ritual is that you guys have the post show wrap. Oh yeah, when we but, get in the van because that that's important. Like, like you guys talk through the la- like the yep. set and how you think the show went and how what you can fix for the next night. Every night on a Zoom recorder like what we're recording on right now, uh, we set it up at the back of the room. We record our set and we listen to it in the van so we can analyze and you know fix up any things that might not be uh, the best way they can be in our set. And then I mean I think that's how you get better. So Geekscape is they t- I was the first person to not be in the band. Uh, to not be in the core group that was part of the, you know, because I spent the night with you guys. <laughs> it was the first time that you guys have had an outsider as part of the post-show yeah. rap. I thought it was literally a rap. Yeah, and you, like, you did. And you I, busted rap, out a rap that I was pretty good. <laughs> out a rap for you guys in the van into your microphone because I wasn't going to let it go without being a rap. Right. A post-show rap, you guys were saying W-R-A-P, right. like right. Wrap, wrap up. I'm thinking, you guys, because you yourself are a rap artist at times. Yeah, I've I've dabbled, I've dabbled <laughs> in, in, in that, but not, not for a while. Uh, but I like to try everything, man. I, I like to to when it comes to music, I, I like to try it all. What was wrong with rapping? Uh, nothing not, was nothing was yeah. wrong with it. It was kind of like a rap R and B thing, but uh, I don't know. I just well, I just think I'd rather write songs. Was that line. a joke to you? No. No, no, I took it seriously. It was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm proud of the. You know, I worked with my friend Harrison. Uh, he has, he has a project <coughs> called Bad Boxes. Who everyone should yeah. check out. They're amazing. Um, but he's an awesome producer, and like we made these songs where I'm still proud of them. I, I love what we made. I just, I think it, to to continue with that, and it would have required like. Doing live shows, and I don't yeah. think I was prepared some to do level live. of patronage that you can get some money back on that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. some support because. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like Night Beast did it for a long hell time. Hell yeah, our friend Night Beast, and uh, that seemed to work. And music's weird, man. I, music's the one industry that I don't think I could ever get into because it's just so 
It just seems like the audience is you can't guess who they are. I mean, it's it's, it. it's wild. Like, to Steve me. is joining us, and I and I never I, I we're never recording the podcast, Steve. Um, I never take it for granted that people care to go out and listen to sounds. You know, like right. go out and watch people perform little musical pieces they've created, uh, and I like to do that too. You know, so uh, but I don't take it for granted because it's not. It is just an a well. There's a visual aspect to it, but right. for the most part, it's an audio. It's it's just enjoying sounds that someone's making, and and I, you know, but the digital transition that you guys that like right. you guys, you know, when you started out, everybody was listening to your music on CDs. Right now, they're listening to it not just on like purchased iTunes. They're listening to it on streaming. Yeah. So they're kind of like renting your. It's, they're not even paying for the sounds, really. Maybe they're subscribing to it. I mean, it's 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 How do you sad to say this? it in a way, but it's almost like your music, your your albums are a promotional tool for your live show and your your. It's almost like yeah, you vinyl has made a big comeback, and that's important to us that we have our albums. Are you, you guys can gonna get a record because that's I feel like that's more of a collectible product and that's like what I if I really love an album I want to own will you release Just Say Yes on, a, on vinyl that's the one that hasn't been released uh, on vinyl will we'll you guys do that? that that's the only one that we haven't released on vinyl yet and I'm just talking to Steve how bad do you want it how bad do you there, want it I don't even have a record player but there are talks I want there you guys I want fans to like yeah. get a little ravenous right yeah but there's only I mean most of our albums now have been released on vinyl and I think that's important to have a a cool uh, physical form because the CD is not so cool anymore. I just saw an article yesterday that last year, as if the CDs weren't already dead, the sale of CDs went down by three, three times, threefold. Wow. So they're basically dead within a year. Yeah, in a year, in the past year, Rolling Stone posted an article yesterday. It went from but vinyl, but wow. vinyl sales went up again. So, um, what do you even attribute that to? Nobody has CD players anymore. Yeah, but they have record players. Well, how does vinyl yeah, well, go up? And like, because I know it's I know it's a smaller number. I know it's like a smaller niche number. But well, like, it's because I would I would venture to say because I'm guilty of this sometimes that most people don't even actually you buy the record because you want to collect it. It's collectible, and as, you a, as, a, it, as right. the, in the geekdom world, you would know that there are things you buy and you don't open even. Right. But uh, it's a collectible thing. But everybody knows that you can still stream it. You could you could still listen to it for free, however you want. But if you want to support the band and own something, buying the record is a cool way to do it. It's you like can, buying artwork. Yeah, you can frame it. You can open this big thing and hold it in your hands, and then you can have multiple colors of the record. And there's just, I, I think that uh, that is the saving. That that's the last product, you know. Because I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a revival of compact discs in ten years or something yeah. where people are like, oh, these things are cool. Look at them; they're shiny and. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Remember that almost therapeutic click-clack sound of going into like a local like indie record store yeah. and going through the CDs? <laughs> yeah. And you were looking just through CDs, and it's like click-clack, 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 going through right. the filing of CDs. Yeah. That's gone. I kept, I kept all my CDs. I have them. They're up in my attic. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But I didn't have the heart to go sell them for 50 cents or something. Or even, right. I don't even know if you would get that. I don't even know if those CD warehouse type place that you sell them to exist anymore. Yeah, they're, they're out there here and there. But uh, yeah, right. It, it, 
I've seen people, I've talked to people say they just straight up threw them away. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not I mean, I spent, no. I spent thousands of dollars on these things. At least make a piece of artwork out of it. Right. At least make a chair out of it or a coffee table. Right. Make right. something cool out of it. Exactly. Come on, challenge yourself to make something better than it, a it, landfill. It, it would break my heart to think that we sold all these CDs you know, back in the day, and that all those CDs are just getting destroyed now. I would like to think that people are keeping them. <laughs> right. I still have all my punchline CDs that I nice. bought. It's funny that streaming. Like, Steve, please, you get in close to me. Get sure. in close. Streaming, it seems worse for musicians, the way that you were asking Chris the question about. Yeah. It, you know? But what if, <clears throat> what if streaming was the only thing we ever knew, and then, they, and then people came along and said, hey, we're going to change this? And we're going to make this these physical discs that you have to have, but you have to pay more for them, and less people will have access to it, and you'll only have access to what you have. But that and like yes, the bands will get paid more, but the amount of people that will be able to hear you will be mm-hmm. severely limited. Would that be? That seems yeah, it's a perspective. That seems like such a backwards backwards step. Have you noticed that because of streaming, more people are getting access to your band? Has your band has your, has your audience has your exposure grown with stre- streaming? It or? has to have. It has, it has to. Have. I would think you'd have measurables. Uh, well, yeah, you can look at your stats every day. Right. You can go on there and look what city, how many people listened in that city, how many total streams. You can look every day. Um, I would say, I would. Oh, that's a good question though, because there's so much music out there at your fingertips at yeah. all times. It's not like yeah, you think that you they threw you to the lions with the noise as well, because there's a bunch of stuff streaming as well. So like, yeah. how do you cut yourself away from that and like really make We're, a name for yourself? Right. I mean, because you know, back when. Back when we first, you know, signed to a record label, and then our CDs were actually in record stores, that put you at this disadvantage over so many bands that didn't have their albums, like physically in front of people when they're flipping through the CDs. So now the but, equivalent of being in a, on a Best Buy end rack is to be in their town playing music. Or, or you know, there's also the the playlist thing now. It's if, yeah. if there are some popular playlists out there and if you can get on one of those. But we've kind of learned that that doesn't even... You could have some band that happens to get lucky and get on a huge playlist and get millions of plays on a song. That doesn't always translate into, into people coming out to shows. We've heard about that a lot. The bands that look really big on those things, but they haven't put the legwork in. They just, had, they just got lucky in one way or another, like got their song on a playlist, got millions of plays, but that does not always translate to people coming out and seeing that band. Right. So that's where I'm glad we've done the legwork over the years and actually toured and did it the old school way you know not that they're not that bands can't be successful just based on a great song that Mm -hmm. they just record i mean that's kind of the the give and take of it is a great song's a great song regardless of whether that band has been together for a day or a decade or has toured extensively or never played a show a great song is still a great song so that kind of levels the playing field where if that song gets in people's faces and people hear it that song can be popular I think so I like to look at that as a positive thing for a band like ours an independent band you know that means that if we write I feel like if we write a good enough song that we could compete with whoever's the number one song in the country or something or whoever's the biggest whoever are the biggest bands in our genre or in our world of music if I feel like if you write a good enough song and you get it in people's ears will Steve ever write a good enough song I don't know I'm kidding Steve. you guys are one of my favorite bands like I think I think 
last night having seen you guys, Universe, I've never seen a tour in Universe, that's like a hit. Mm. You guys played all the hits last night. Cool, I'm glad you liked it. You guys played all the hits, you guys played the two, the two or three hits off this new one. I call them hits. Yeah. When Geekscape is going to listen to Lion, they'll understand, they'll be like, oh yeah. Yeah, I Those think... Those are the ones that were getting my feet tapping. Yeah, I don't know, you know, they're not technically hits, but the, the songs that we play, I think, are the songs from our new album that that would be most appealing to the most people. I feel that per album, you guys, like, your sound is stratifying more... Like, Thrilled, obviously, was like that departure that we talked about where the production was different than your other productions, and for maybe longtime Punchline fans, they're like, oh, this is different because of that, but I feel like even with this with Lion, you guys have taken lessons from that one, from Thrilled, and been like, okay, we're going to do... We're going to have a couple songs that are going to sound like old school, and we're going to have a couple songs that, that flex the muscles that we learned off of Thrilled, and we're just going to... It seems like there's a wider range of sounds now yeah. to I what mean, you guys have on your albums. Then, like, let's take it back to when we met 14 years ago, and it seemed like there was a narrower range of sounds on that. Right. So, like, you guys, if you go over your discography, you're... It's not that you guys are going through changes. You guys are like widening. You know how some bands go through changes and right. literally like, oh, that was that phase. This was that phase. This was that phase. I feel like even on this album, you guys sound capable. You guys like sound like you are doing a bit of what you guys used to do, but now you're widening it. You're not necessarily phasing that's, through stuff. That's a good way to look Does at it. Does that make sense? I, For sure. I attribute it just to becoming better songwriters. and I mean, just with anything you do all the time, You've done for years and years. You get better at it. I like to think that some we people just get abandon sounds, and you guys don't abandon sounds. It doesn't seem like no, no. I don't think no, not really. I mean, we've always been a, a rock band. You know, whether you know there there are smaller subdivisions of rock that you could right. you could put us in for different songs, but we've always been a rock band with guitars and bass and drums. <laughs> you know that that has always been the basis of it. So you you try to do something new and interesting with that one thing that uh popped off this year was at the end of i think one of the far cry four i think far cry four had a song that went viral and it was a country roads cover when would you guys do some video game music video game music video game music would i would be do interested video in that, game Steve? music right now i've i've done some video game sounding music before i love making all, all different kinds of music you did do a song about I remember when you sat me down in L.A. and you guys wrote the one that you were like, this one's got video game sounds in it, and it had video game references in it. What was that? Oh, that's Everything I Wanted. Everything I Wanted, Everything I wanted. Yeah. yeah. There was... Uh, you were so I, excited to show me that song. <laughs> I was like, I approve. I made some song maybe a year ago after I love the show Silicon Valley, yeah. and I love the theme song for it, and the composer is actually from Pittsburgh, where we're from. I made a song that was in the style of that. It's very video game-esque. Where's that song now? Uh, that song's sitting on my hard drive, and I don't know if it'll ever see see the light of day. I don't know. I don't have anything to use it for. But you have a solo project, like Blue of Colors. Are you going to do more Blue of Colors? Um, if there's time for it and the songs present themselves, but for right now I just feel great doing Punchline, for sure. Hey, we've had songs in video games before. Did you know that? Mm. Like like uh, we had Tony Hawk style stuff. Yeah, Sony well, kind of. ATV Off Road Fury Four. Right, <laughs> four, but not the console version, the handheld version, or whatever it was. What was 
what was uh, what, what was so what was Sony's? Or Sony what? was a PSP. PSP, yeah. PSP. So you guys were on the PSP, like ATV Offroad Fury Four. Five people play that game. Okay, which yeah. is fine because those. It five was people, don't try this at home. Was what was on it. Five people are coming to your show from that video game. And no, zero people are coming to our show from that video game. We also had a song on like some like video game a while back that was like you were a teenage girl in high school and you like put on different outfits and clothes and stuff. It was I like think, a girl game, like a style game? Yes, yeah. What song was that? I think that was also Don't Try This at Home. Huh. And yeah. that was like Fueled by Ramen's work, or what do you think? I, that, I think they, yeah. they were like, oh, we got a hookup on this digital right. app game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always, dude, my dream was to be on Madden. Like, th- to be on a Madden game. Or NHL. Well, are you guys consciously writing Madden for the game? I think we've had a lot of songs that could be on Madden or, or I mean, you know, you don't think Friend from the Future? Like, they're up, up I beat, love Friend from the Future. Upbeat I think that's rock song. songs. Like, on our last album, I thought that there's, we had a song called No Stopping Us that I, I thought would have been perfect for, like, a sports-related video game. It's just these up-tempo, energetic songs. You know, I, I don't know. Will you play Friend from the Future on this here podcast? Do you want me to end this, uh, the show with it? I can put it on the tail end of the show I love that song And I love that video I think that dude's a genius He did both your videos For this album And I think Keaton Manning Keaton is super talented He he couldn't have made Two different videos Right Go to YouTube right now Geekscapist And listen to Friend from the Future From Geekscape uh, from Punchline I just took your song you <laughs> Listen to Friend from the Future Yeah, I, you do not want me to cover it I cover it when I'm driving And you don't want to hear that <laughs> ah! um, Yeah, please do not Just like stop playing yeah. in, the, in the middle of your set tonight Just cut all the sound And you'll hear me ah! yeah. <laughs> you'll Run out the, the next lyric And you know, it's not going to be fun um, Geekscapist Go to YouTube Look for the Friend from the Future uh, Video it's got tons of cool lights and edits and everything in it. And then look for the Darkest Dark video. And same filmmaker. Super talented guy, man. Like, did both those videos. I got to give so much props to that dude. He's super talented. Keep working with him, man. Get him back from yeah. New York and keep working with him. Because yeah. he's yeah. super talented. Um, yeah, I got a question for yeah. you. When are we going to do... Are we? <clears throat> you want to redo the theme the, song? For the 25-year anniversary of it, we should do a split 7-inch of the two uh, Punchline Jonathan London collaborations. Um, side A, the Christmas rap. <laughs> side B, Pirate Pete. <laughs> I don't even oh, know what that song is. Oh, shit. I think a lot of... Oh, I think that a lot of Geekscapers just went, Whoa, Pirate Pete. I saw Pirate Pete the other day in my storage unit. Nice. And uh, and, and then when I saw like the Henson exhibit, there was a Henson exhibit at the Skirball in L.A., and uh, walking through it and seeing all the Muppets, I was like, man, I wish I could go get Pirate Pete properly made geekscape is if you go back to the very first year of geekscape back when we were a video show you'll see the pirate pete sketches jonathan has a couple muppet friends and i would be so down for pirate pete coming back you can hear pirate pete in the theme song for this podcast and he's referenced in the theme song of the podcast uh <laughs> I'm down. Dude, you pulled that one. I thought you were going to publish the rap I gave you guys in the van last night. I was like, no, no, no. We didn't record that. Yeah. Post-show raps stay in yeah, post-show yeah. raps. You don't... I was like, no, no. Dude, the, the one of the craziest things... There's only been a few of these things in my life that were just such coincidences. And one of them happened on your podcast. Was your co... What was your co... Back in, back in the day on Geek Drill. Da- yeah. Trachtenberg? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, 
the fact that we were talking peanut about peanut butter solution. Yeah, that was wild. I thought about it this morning when I woke up and realized that you and I are losing our hair, and I was like, we could really use some peanut butter solution right now. Losing, I just. You just you just shave the whole yeah, thing off. Yeah, I just shave my head. Yeah. Somebody at Comic Con, there's a teamster who builds the booths next to us. He used to build the booth next to us. He used to build Legendary's booth at Comic Con, which was right across the aisle. And he's like, "Come on, man." He's like a, a Latino dude, and he'd be like, "Just fucking shave it, bro." Yeah. Why just not? fucking shave it. I'm and going, I, and I'm I'm going like, to a barber today to have my head properly shaved. Yeah, but I mean, like, I asked God. I was like, God, listen, I want to be like Manu Ginobili, and I meant his basketball game. He gave me his haircut. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep Manu Ginobili's haircut because yeah, yeah, right. that's he, the closest to Manu Ginobili. He's retired. I, he, in Geekscape, is, we're talking sports. He's one of my. He's just an incredible basketball player. He never played for the Jazz, but I, I think the guy's awesome. Yeah. What you guys think? What happened with the peanut butter solution? What do you guys? Think? We just referenced it out of nowhere, and no. we popped the fuck off. No, 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 no. It was your co-host. Yeah. No, it was. I said we we're talking about movies, and I said. The following thing I said like You know what movie I was like something like You know what movie I, I loved and, and and it's crazy And he just went The peanut butter solution I went What What the fuck? Out of every movie I think you ev- gave him a hint I think No you gave him like There was no hint Long hair Or something like that nope, like This nothing, kid keeps growing hair Nothing Nothing like that I And swear then he goes down And checks his pubes It was Yeah It was out of nowhere <laughs> That I It was like If you said to me like you know what song I'm thinking of right now? And out of every song ever written, you just said like Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, and, and, and it was right. That was like, what I was thinking. Yeah, but anyway, that was wild. That I was, was literally thinking Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, don't <laughs> nice. take that away from us, Chris. Nice. Um, I I recall that you said a kid checks his pubes, and that's what provoked nope. us yelling out loud, <laughs> fucking peanut butter that's solution. not what happened it was even more vague than that it was just it was just we talked about that after but it was just the fact that he just out of nowhere just said a name like you know that's not uh, that movie is not held up no i it's on youtube i tried to, i i think i was entertained though i think i watched it. what did you think it was good to begin with i was a moron i was a child <laughs> I, yeah. I ate glue. Right. Like there, there were a lot of judgment calls that I wasn't making properly. Wait. I wasn't firing on all cylinders. As as we were as pulling an eight year old, as we were pulling into California yesterday, I was thinking so much about the wizard. Yeah, yeah, California. Yeah, was wizard was the wizard just made by Nintendo as a big long commercial for Super Mario Brothers three? You know it was. Was it? Steve is leaving us. Oh, Steve's taking a picture of us. You know it was. Like, I mean, what, 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 do you know that for sure? I've just, I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, I mean, it's got crazy product placement. It's got the, the power glove. It's got all this stuff. That, it's, like, it's like McDonald's paying for Mac and me. Right, right. Okay. That was the, that was the age of doing that kind of stuff. It's like, I've, oh, I've, we have a giant commercial on screen. Yeah. You know? But it's great. I mean... Mm. I don't think either of those movies ended up <laughs> like. <laughs> don't classics. tell me you didn't get excited when you saw Super Mario Brothers three for the first time. Oh Come yeah, on. that was amazing. And it was during the time when the Nintendo Championships were like yeah. happening. Right. And my dad drove me from Austin to Dallas to compete in them, and it's one of my favorite childhood yeah. memories. Yeah. Jim, our manager, who's with us, he went to see that movie in the theater, and he said when they went in there, everybody in the theater got a Nintendo, like a mini version of Nintendo Power. It's called Pocket Power. It was uh-huh. like went along with the movie, so yeah. Obviously, that should answer the question right there. Yeah, that Nintendo that's did Nintendo's make that movie. financing. You probably don't want to have any pocket power when you go to theaters these days, kids. Uh, you may want to just save that at home. For, yeah. But I don't think <laughs> handing out pocket power in a theater is a nice thing. Are you streaming us live, Steve, or are you just taking nice photos? 
a video. He's taking a nice video. Um, well, dude, let's wrap up because okay. we're gonna go to Orange County and play tonight. I'm not gonna play. I'm I'm going to sing along. Um, but what do you want the Geekscapes to? You want to check out both videos on YouTube, right? Yeah, Punchline, uh, Friend from the Future, and Punchline, uh, Darkest Dark. Or you could just search Punchline Lion is the right. name of our new album. Uh, and it's on everything. You know, anywhere you can listen to music, type Punchline Lion, mm-hmm. and you'll hear our new album. And, you know, it was the first album we, we uh, recorded ourselves, yeah. um, which that makes a little extra level of pride in it. And, is it uh, a lion theme? Is what? That way, where you got the name Lion? Is it the sense of pride that you guys had? Um, we, for a long time... Uh, like we have the domain name punchlion.com and stuff you know obviously punchline.com is taken by like comedy clubs or something Uh, so I always thought it'd be funny to to name our album punchlion and uh, to be like oh the new punchline album punchlion (laughs) or or we just thought that was like a cool thing but then we dropped the punch part called called it lion we thought okay that's cool because uh, for me I love cats. I love big cats. I think lions lions are the king of the jungle, uh, and I just think they're they're badass animals. I don't know any any more any more to that. I don't know if Steve has any more insight on lion as far as an album title, but we were gonna call it Punch Lion, right? Punch Lion, Punch Lion. But then we dropped the punch. Right. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Um, Geekscape is the album is out. Go on like any streaming service or just. Get it off of iTunes so you can have it forever, or at least until the rental on iTunes runs out and this stuff starts disappearing from your library. As I've been suspect about for a while now, because I've started to notice things disappearing from my library. Yeah, yeah. I it could just it. be me going crazy, a- but... Another really good thing, shout out to Steve on this, we have a website, punchlion.com. Yeah. And it's a very nice website. And it'll have you link to all the stuff. Yeah, everything. Is, that's what we should have and said. And now that you guys are back to touring regularly, you, you know, you can check them out in your town. Yeah. On our website, we have a days-old calculator, so you can go and see how many days old you are, because we think that everybody should know how many days old they are. So punchlion.com slash days old. And let us know how many days old you are. All right. And then, of course, you can send your pet pics to yep. punchlinepets at gmail.com. Right. So... Geekscape is, you know where to find them. They're on all the Twitters and Instagrams and Facebooks. Go be a fan. Um, and I'm going to play Friend from the Future right now. And um, Geekscape is, you can find us at geekscape.net and all this. And we'll be back in a few days with a special mini pod. And thanks for listening. Love you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for having us.
stops are ticking like it ever stopped The walls moving like the walls are blocked I can see in front of me A past where I knew it and a future that I can't see The only moment that you will experience God, I'm on the line of present test cause